You've likely heard the term decolonization floating around a lot over the last few weeks with this whole Free Palestine movement and all of the pro-Hamas protests that we are seeing around the country, but maybe you don't know quite what that means. Recently, in Pittsburgh School District, the school board voted to spend $50,000 to hire a firm to train educators about racist math. And on their website, the very first word that you see is decolonize. And so today I want to tie together for you this decolonization movement and what is happening in public education systems to indoctrinate and train our kids to be part of this decolonization movement. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast, where we talk about one of today's hot topics. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of America, which started in Washington State as Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen who are working to encourage, empower, equip, and educate citizens to stand up, speak up, and take action that can create real change in your local community, your state, and even on a national level. You can learn more about our organization and how you can get involved and how you can support us by visiting our website at conservativeladiesofamerica.com. That's conservativeladiesofamerica.com. Today, we're going to dig into this decolonization issue, this movement that's happening across our country that is a Marxist movement. And I want to preface this by saying this is a very deep issue that really warrants hours of discussion, but I'm going to try to give it to you in an overview snapshot lens, and I'm going to put a lot of links in the notes today so that if you want to go down the decolonization rabbit hole, you can do that. I really encourage people to get a good understanding of what the decolonization movement is and what they seek to do and how it is um, really infiltrated our public education, our government schools, because that's where they need to go to really have this movement take root. Essentially, what this movement strives to do is completely substitute the society that we have with a new one. They don't want to make things better. They don't want to be inclusive. The whole proof of success for decolonization is a whole societal change from the bottom up. So basically what they're looking for is a complete substitution, a new nation, a new state, a new people. In the book, The Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon, he says this decolonization is the replacing of a certain species of men by another species of men. So you're taking one group and completely replacing them with a new group. And so it makes sense then that this would have to start with the children and in our education system. And if you think that this is something new, that this just started happening with COVID or in the last few years, that is entirely incorrect. This is, has been going on for decades. And I would say the last 20, 30 years, it's really been ramping up. And then of course, in the last decade and the last five years, we've seen it basically, you know, 
pedal to the metal, this thing is full speed ahead. And we are seeing it play out across our country in all these institutions. You're seeing it on college campuses. You're seeing it at Harvard, at University of Washington, all across the country. These college students are getting up and protesting about freeing Hamas, freeing Palestine, and the idea of decolonizing America. So what they're saying is they want to completely replace the current structure of America with something entirely different. This is Marxism. And I. this is the third episode. I am dropping a reference to the book Hide Your Children by Liz Wheeler. Please order that on Amazon today and read this book. She really makes it easy to understand the history of Marxism, where it started, how it's been infiltrating America through the decades and where we are now. Just, it really makes it make sense for people that um, maybe don't geek out on all of that historical stuff. It makes sense for where we are now and gives you a really good understanding and will also help you in understanding how what you can do in moving forward. And I'm um, spoiler alert, the basic, you know, get your kids out of government school. The way we save America is homeschool your children. And I say that all the time. And I, as a mom, the idea of homeschooling my children was no way. I mean, four kids and I have twins and, you know, that would have just been chaos. My kids are not in school anymore, but if I were to be doing it over again, there is no way I would let my children go to school and be indoctrinated with this complete garbage, with this complete anti-American system that they're bringing in through our education system. So I want to first talk about this story in Pittsburgh School District with the math, and then we'll tie it back to the decolonization. So the the school board for Pittsburgh Public Schools decided that they will hire a consulting firm that will work with school staff on dismantling racism that they are saying is embedded in the teaching of math. So the group that they're going to hire, that they have hired, is Quetzal Education Consulting. And I went to the Quetzal, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I went to their website and the, the in big bold letters, and all this is linked in the notes, decolonize, reclaim, reimagine. And then if you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see they say, we work to strategically and impactfully disrupt oppression. We are a black and brown woman led and woman is spelled W-O-M-X-N. We are a black and brown woman led educational consulting firm with a national network of teachers, administrators, and community organizers. Through innovative content and approaches, Quetzal supports your anti-racist goals to tangibly and impactfully disrupt oppression. The schools and the classroom are a key place for these people in this movement to take root. And in a, a blog from the National Council of Teachers of English, uh, they say the classroom is a political space. Power is exerted, resisted, and yielded to in every classroom. Every classroom is situated with an institution, state, and nation. All locations in which resources, knowledge, and access must be negotiated. To decolonize the classroom, one must examine oneself and one's belief. 
So here are some of the things that they one, one would do to examine themselves. You let go of the disingenuous notion of objectivity in the classroom, of maintaining political neutrality, of seeing all sides and positions as having equal impact on marginalized groups. Learn to live in the discomfort of having to take a stand. Acknowledge that your role as teacher has been historically problematic, that by teaching English, you are inherently complicit with forces that damage marginalized students. See and address the trauma that colonization, poverty, sexism, racism, homophobia, and other forms of oppression can and do cause for marginalized students. Resist seeing yourself as the good guy fighting the good fight. Avoid perpetuating the myth of bootstrapping and the belief that by helping individual students, you are affecting social change. Understand that by promoting notions of a standard, correct, and preferred language, you are perpetuating colonization, ensuring that future students will suffer the same marginalization. Act to effect systemic changes that address the forces that damage groups of students, those groups that have been historically traumatized by colonization and racism. Along with delivering required content, understand your job as providing students with the means of grasping that their difficulties and struggles stem from an inherently inequitable system and culture, as well as ways of resisting and subverting such systems. See yourself, your curriculum, your content, and your classroom as existing within a historical context of racism, subjugation, and control. Challenge systemic oppression and acknowledge the collective experiences of marginalized groups. Another source goes on to say educators have a responsibility to dismantle racism that is built and wired into schooling, testing, responsive behavior, and curriculum. However, the first step is to address our own role in perpetuating racism and assess how we may be replicating the culture of power or dominant culture and aspects of whiteness in the classroom. So they, these people see the classroom as the battlefield for dismantling whiteness, the culture of power. And you are seeing this happen in schools across the country, school boards across the country, even in red states are taking up this, you know, this virtue signal by hiring groups like this and training teachers not to teach racist math. The National Council of Teachers of Mathematics hosted a webinar and as part of this anti-racist math webinar, they advocate for um, eliminating all forms of tracking, which is where they're grouping students by their ability uh, to do the math, to eradicate the dark suffering and the spirit-murdering violence experienced by many children of color in schools and through mathematics. So they're saying that children of color are uh, having dark suffering and spirit-murdering because of math. And the problem with that is that, you know, what they're saying is that there's, there's a right and a wrong answer, and that's not okay, that's inequitable, and uh, creates this system of oppression. 
So it's pretty, it's pretty bad. And when, you know, you probably noticed as I was reading through some of those things for how to, you know, bring decolonization to your classroom and all these things that they're telling a teacher that they have to do. Number one, who would want to be a teacher? If you are just any normal sane person, you don't want to do all that. All of this whole talk about, you know, trauma and power and oppression and, and all of these things, like it's overwhelming. You just want to, most teachers, most good teachers just want to go in and teach their students whatever the subject matter is, whether it's English, math, science, etc. And here, they're training teachers, and we're seeing this happen in the college institutions where they're training teachers to be these social justice warriors to go into the classroom with this mindset, uh, Marxist mindset, really, of teaching children how to decolonize. They're really trying to dismantle the American system, teaching children that they're traumatized, that they've been damaged, that they're somehow victims and oppressed. This is all by design. And the best thing people can do right now, the urgent thing that you can do is get your kid out of public school. If you have a child or a grandchild in public school, get that kid out of public school because this is not going to get better anytime soon. And you've got to save your child um, get them educated in a home situation. There's lots of resources and tools if you don't know where to start with homeschooling. And it's so flexible, so I'm told, because I'm not a homeschooler, so I have to just say, so I'm told, by, by homeschooling parents, it can be really flexible. You don't have to do it between nine and three. It can be in the evenings. It could be on weekends. Whatever works for your family. This is the number one thing you can do right now. But the other thing that people need to do is I say, get your kids out of the line of fire, but stay engaged in the fight. And we have to be willing to get our kids out of these schools, but still go to the school board meetings and speak up against this. And I don't know if you have ever dropped any of these terms like Marxism, communism, decolonization in just a casual conversation. And people think you're crazy. If, if people aren't really immersed and engaged in the political climate that we're in right now, they might look at you like you're crazy, like you're some kind of conspiracy theorist. But this is exactly what is happening. And right now, I think over the last few weeks with all of the protests happening and all of these people being anti-Israel and pro-Palestine and pro-Hamas, pro-terrorists, you know, we even have Congress people who are supporting terrorist organizations. And it's really waking some people up. You've seen people on the Democrat side who have spoken out against their colleagues who are supporting groups like Hamas. And hopefully this is another opportunity as COVID was, as some of these other things that are happening in school. Hopefully this is another thing that is kind of waking up another layer of people. And so we have a duty for those of us who are, you know, geeking out on this information to share it with people and, and bring it in a way that it is digestible and that they can actually process the information. Now, all of this, you can go out and search, like do a Google search for decolonization in the classroom and you will come up with so much information. They're not even trying to hide this. They're very open about it. This is something, an agenda they're proud of this. They're really making a lot of headway with this movement. And decolonization is part of the whole DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff that you're seeing in every aspect 
of our society. You're seeing it in school. You're seeing it in government, county council, city council, school boards, school districts, um, even corporations. And, you know, their HR department now has a DEI department. So they are this whole idea of decolonization, which is embedded in that DEI it's all taking root and now i mean it is fully underway and the only way to stop it truly i believe is to get your kids out of school because this the school is the really their opportunity to formulate these these young minds and really indoctrinate these kids in into this way of dismantling the current system that we have the america that we know and love and decolonization is a process of death and rebirth and that comes through violence and deconstruction to bring that death of the america that we know to the dynamic that we have now into the creation of this new world that they want to bring to us so that's what they're doing with your kids in school they are de deprogramming them from whatever you've taught them at home into this idea of America is bad and our way of life is bad, that we've been oppressing people and creating victims and trauma and all of these things. This is what they want your kids to believe so that they will be part of this, this violent movement to dismantle society as we know it. Z Van Fleet, who's written a new book about Marxism, and she is she came from China. She came from all of this. She knows she's lived it. Um, she writes on decolonization. Countries like China, North Korea, and Vietnam decolonized themselves into communist regimes. Countries like India and many in Africa decolonized themselves into socialism that plunged them into decades of extreme poverty and instability. Countries like Iran decolonized themselves into brutal theocracy. Meanwhile, countries like Japan, South Korea, and Singapore, which embrace the Western free market principle and rule of law, have flourished. Today, the radicals want to decolonize the U.S. and the West. The question is, into what? The answer, into Marxist hellholes. And this is exactly where we're going here and we're going fast this as i said in the beginning this isn't something that's new this movement has been going on for decades and they've been patient and they've been persistent and they keep going one step at a time and now we are really on the fast track now that they have really embedded themselves into every aspect of our culture and our country they are really on the fast track to meeting their goal and until we say no more until we take our kids out of until we stop participating in dei trainings in our jobs which is within your right to do until we stop that we are going to continue to contribute to this movement to this radical violent movement of decolonization it is extremely dangerous and they have no intention of stopping so what I want to encourage you to do here, because I always like to leave you with a call to action, check into your local area, check your local school district, your city council and your county council and go look on their website and go look into their board meeting documents, dig around, search. Usually on these websites, you can go in and do a keyword search. I would search 
diversity, equity, and inclusion first. You can also type in decolonization and see what comes up if they are that blatant about it. But usually it's embedded somewhere else. And look for some of these terms that we've talked about today. Dismantling, oppression, marginalize. These are those key words that you want to be looking for. And then I would encourage you to go to a meeting and speak out about this and speak to the dangers of it. And I'm going to put, like I said, I'm going to put a bunch of links into the show notes so that you can explore this more for yourself so that you feel like you're more, you have a good understanding of this so that you can go into these areas and speak about it. If we're not willing to stand up and speak against this, they will be successful. They will turn America into a communist Marxist hell hole. That is the goal and they have no intention of stopping. And if we don't stop being complacent and apathetic and get ourselves in the game and be willing to take a stand. And you know, that's one of the things that stood out to me on this website about um, decolonizing the classroom. One of the things they're telling teachers learn to live in the discomfort of having to take a stand. And as I read that, I thought, gosh, we all need to learn in, to live in the discomfort of having to take a stand because we're in a place right now where we have to take a stand. Taking a stand is not comfortable. I've been speaking out now for several years and I can tell you I've lost friends. I've been banned from different groups. People will, you know, call me all the names in the book. It's not comfortable. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good, but I feel very committed to this cause. I feel like I, if I know something, I have to say something and I know a lot of things. And so I feel like I have to speak out about it. And one of the things I feel like I have to do beyond just speaking out in public testimony or in the, you know, the public square, so to speak, is to speak to you guys and to share with you what I know so that you can go share it with other people and so that you can get involved and we can stop this train. I do believe that it is stoppable. I do believe that the majority of Americans, the majority of sane people do not want America to become a Marxist hellhole. And we need to speak up and we need to save this country. And in, you know, I'll say it again, the best way we can start to save America is homeschool our kids. And so if your kid's in public school, please do consider that. If you have a friend or a relative who really wants to homeschool or do something different than public school, maybe you can help them. That's another way that you can participate in this fight. There is something for everyone to do. Do what you can with what you have available, and that will be enough, but we all have to do something. Everybody has to do something. Well, I hope this has been an informative episode for you, and I would love it if you would share it with your friends, with your circle. I would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. 